Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. I think we are finally. Uh, over the championship hangover, the high that we got, but I would be kidding if uh, if I tried to lie and say we were because I don't think we are yet. But hey, we're moving into basketball season, uh, baseball season. Look, they had media day this last weekend. Baseball is practicing. We are a mere few weeks away from baseball. But basketball, undefeated in SEC play, coming off a victory against Texas. They look to continue their undefeated streak as they take on Alabama. And we'll talk about the Ole Miss game as well as we are starting off our basketball podcast uh, covering LSU basketball. We're going to talk some recruiting as well for football as LSU gets two commitments this weekend and the news of Bo Pelini as the new defensive head coach. And there could be some more. Um, there could be some more coaching moves as LSU looks to replace their passing game coordinator. But as always, I am joined by Josh Lemoyne. Y'all can check him out on Twitter at LSU Truth. Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. LSU is still the national champion, and I'm, you know, there ain't a day that goes by I'm not going to tweet out something about this national championship team until we kick off again. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> Two hundred something days. So yep. a lot, a lot will be coming on that front. But Josh, let's let's start out with basketball. Yep. We'll get to football recruiting, and then we'll end on Bo Pelini. And we got a couple of questions as well. All right. But LSU basketball look undefeated. They're the only yep. undefeated team in SEC play. They're currently uh, the best team in SEC as overall. They sit at fifteen and four, um, with you know tied for the best record uh, overall in SEC with. Kentucky LSU comes out as the number 22 team in the latest AP poll as they are ranked again in the AP poll after victories over uh, a Florida team who beat an Auburn team pretty handily and then a Texas team who is pretty good as well as well as that victory at Ole Miss uh, a week from this past a week ago from this past Saturday um, but look, uh, this Alabama team comes in with some big victories, uh, you know, mm-hmm. of their own. Yes, they lost against a Kentucky team. But I think, look, I think this Alabama game is a game where we expect LSU to win, right? But it, I'd be, you know, I, I would be reminisced if I didn't talk about uh, what happened against Texas, what happened mm-hmm. against Florida, where, you know, you see that Florida game, LSU up by 10 with a minute left. And they almost let that game slip away. Look, Will Wade talked today about, you know, what's been happening. And he said he's been, you know, preaching and and trying to coach around it. And and it seems like, you know, now he said he's done with dealing with that. You know, he's going to go forward and he's going to be, he said, you know, kind of irate. You know, he's going to demand excellence out of this team. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why LSU is, I think it's like 17 and maybe five or something like that the past two seasons in close games. But LSU should be finishing these games. LSU is a better team that when they have double-digit leads, they should be closing games with a double-digit win. Is that concerning going forward? Yeah, look, I mean, one thing about the basketball, like, let me go back real quick, Charles. That So after football season, this has been a weird, a weird year, right, for basketball. It's just like everybody's kind of hitting the reset button. Um, you know, we talked and he said, okay, I started to watch some of the, some of the games I didn't get a chance to watch. And, and, um, and when you start watching this team, 
Yeah, the, the one glaring thing that sticks out so far um, is the fact that they, they can't close these teams out and they're, and they're letting these teams stay in the game late. Um, watching the Texas game, and I know talking to you um, off offline, that it, it, it's, it's kind of frustrating watching some of that happen because um, LSU's got the ability you've seen against Texas. They were the better team. Thought they played a, a quality game there for, you know, for, for most of the game. Um, Things that stick out to me, Charles, sometimes is is the the turnovers and just, I mean, it, it's okay to turn the ball over. It's going to happen in basketball, as you know, especially when you when you're going to do a full court press, half court press, whatever whatever you're going to do. But it, just some of the the stupidity of the turnovers, some of it's just a lackadaisical way that 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 they turn it over. And it's yes, this team's growing. It, it, it's undefeated in the SEC, so I want I don't want to really you know beat the team up too bad. But early on, they were losing some of them close games. Right now, they're winning some of them close games. I just think as the competition gets harder, it would be nice, Charles, to be able to 16-point lead, if I'm not mistaken, right against Texas. That Man, you know Texas is going to make a run. But these teams, you can't keep allowing these teams to make a run and grabbing the lead. You know, LSU was able to come back and beat Texas. But, yeah, it, it's absolutely a concern, Charles, when you start, you know, to look at the better competition, like the Kentucky, Auburn, um, but Will Wade, you could see it really frustrates him. Like, like you mentioned, when you see him talk about it and like he said, he's going to start getting irate because they're, they're too talented. You know, you get up by 16, you get up by 14, 18 points. Uh, you know, a team's going to make a run, but you, you can't let these guys continuously come back. It, you know, it, it, it's not a one-off thing. Now it's becoming a trend. So yeah, uh, I definitely think it's something that uh, can be a concern moving forward. Yeah, look, you know, his comment uh, quote from him today was, I've tried to be real nice about getting this stuff corrected, but it ain't getting corrected. Right. So I darn well know how to get it corrected, and that's <laughs> going to be raving lunatic, and it'll work. And so, look, I expect that LSU 17-7 and seven over the past two years in games decided by five points or less, including overtime. So, look, LSU also, you have to look at this stat, too. Josh, and that's that, you know, in, over the um, the last seven games, SEC and Texas, LSU was 33 of 38 from the free throw line mm -hmm. in the last two minutes of a game plus overtime. Uh, being 87%, haven't missed more than one in any game. So, you know, you have to be optimistic and happy with that, right? But, you know, uh, you know going forward, I, I think, like you said, it's the turnovers. It's the defense. You look at that Florida game, and, you know, they win by two points, but – turnovers right yes they can't you know they're calling the plays but they're not executing the plays like they do in the last six minutes and that's something that wade preaches it is a six minute game at the end of the game and lsu's playing like a five minute game they're not finishing mm -hmm. the game like they need to be at the end of the day so i'm concerned hey, look josh something else that's concerning to me in lsu against texas they hit three pointers but it's the they're taking a lot of threes i think early in possessions, and I think that in some circumstances it hurts them. But at the end of the day, look, this team is undefeated in SEC play, something that we have to remember while we're looking at, at some things we think LSU needs to correct. But, Josh, if I'm looking at this LSU team, mm -hmm. I think their best is when they're in transition and when they're attacking the baskets. Yeah, look, I was literally just about to say this, uh, Charles, is that this team is starting to find out who they are the identity, you know, air quotations, like they say. So they're starting to figure that out. Uh, but at times you can tell it's frustrating for the viewer, for even Coach Wade. It's 
they'll they'll chuck up some threes and it's just it's kind of like what are you doing we know who you are now right get to the basket you're a really good free throw shooting team a really good free throw shooting team so do what you do well we know what you do well now everybody pretty much kind of has the book on you uh you're that gritty you know team that crashes the board go go attack the rim go get the fouls make the free throws like you said, a transition team that's just extremely quick, um, a fast team. That caught me off guard watching watching a, a few games, getting caught back up, Charles. Is, they're really fast, okay? So that, use that transition speed. Use that grittiness to get to the rim. Make them guys hack you. Make, you know, get to the free throw line. At times, it gets so frustrating watching them, Charles, is that they're starting chucking up threes. I don't know if that's something to do with how the NBA game is now. Everybody wants to be the next Steph Curry. Everybody, They just look – as it sits right now, this team is not a, re- a really good three-point shooting team at all. It is what it is. But they're extremely well inside the, the you know inside the three-pointer, in, in the paint. I love their game. I love their grittiness, how tough they are around the rim. I think if they can embrace that, Charles, and accept who they are as a team, just more than what they already has, cut down on the turnovers, this team can be dangerous because there's talent there. They just need to continue to grow and figure out who they are, you know, as a team, you know, as a team as a whole. Yeah, look, and that's part of what they're doing identity wise Mm -hmm. is figuring out who they were. And I think that's where you saw some of their losses early on in the season where they lost some non-conference games, to you know, teams like USC. And look, some of those losses are against good teams. And it's something that you're going to see down the road where those are quad one losses. And it really, at the end of the day, actually helps your RPI. But winning games this week. Uh, like they need to against teams like Alabama and Ole Miss at home, especially are going to be big for this LSU team when it comes to seeding in the future. Uh, A team that uh, last week you saw seeded around seven uh, going forward. Um, But look, I I think that, you know, you talk about the win against Florida, Josh, I think that was really, you know, one of those games where you kind of got to see where LSU stands because, I think that Florida team, you know, what they did against Auburn uh, mm-hmm. and a player like Kerry Blackshear uh, for the Gators, who I think is one of the best guys, yeah. one of the best uh, collegiate athletes or collegiate basketball players uh, in college basketball this year. It, it really was a testament to how good this team actually is. And, mm-hmm. and really what we've seen from Trenton Wofford, who was the SEC freshman of the week. Uh, Josh, I, I think that this yeah. team, uh, kind of like last year, you know, is really good. And Josh, I wouldn't be surprised to see this team go far because when you look at college basketball as a whole, there's not that one really good team. There's no Duke or Kentucky or UNC that you look at and you say, wow, that team is really good. Look, Baylor's the number one team, and it's almost a curse because the number one team continues to lose week after week. Yeah, no. Look, Charles, I like you said, as more as I get into the, you know, into the realm of, of basketball, changing our scope here from football, and I'm, I'm watching some more games. I'm watching, I'm watching Florida, and had an opportunity to watch Florida. I think a couple games before they played LSU, I went back and watched some of uh, some of their older games, and I was, uh, I wanted to see because Florida's athletic, like you said, Blackshear, he's a very good basketball player. Okay, um, and as LSU's out there on the floor with him, I'm as uh, what I'm seeing, it's like LSU is more athletic they're faster they can play with these boys and they're more talented so yeah i mean absolutely i know we're not used to at lsu having you know numerous years with the basketball program 
you know, it's heading in, in the right direction. We have one year here or there, and it falls off. But Will Wade's building the program, okay? He's building – and you can see it as he's got – a lot of these guys have a, a lot of time now on the court, you know? These guys were on the team last year. So I really like this team as a whole, Charles. I really do. People – I was talking to a few people today offline. They're like, man, you really think LSU's that talent? I truly do. Man, if LSU had a shooter, Charles, if they had like a lights-out shooter on this team, they would be really dangerous, okay? But they're kind of missing that. So that's what I get back into. You got to know who you are, okay? Scholar Mays is just that, you know, that gritty guy. He's going to score 16 for you. He's going to hit all free throws. He's going he's gonna to run the offense. He's going to do what he do, does well. Um, you got to kind of get on his back and let him let him guide this team. Now, Trenton Watford, he's talking about this, Charles, online. Like you said, he's a freshman of the week. He's the real deal. His talent's different. He's a freshman. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. He's a go to. You see it, man. He's getting more comfortable as a year went on. I watched some games previously and he, you know, he, he was young. He's learning the game. He's a five star kid. But like you could see now he's getting that confidence. Now he, he knows I belong here. I can dominate with these guys. I can score. And you can just see he's getting more comfortable in LSU team is getting better. Uh, so, yeah, I, man, I'm excited about the team. Now, being able to do a deep dive into the. Uh, a bunch of these games, they're going to be right there. Just like you said, there ain't a team out there really that scares me. I think if LSU plays good basketball and doesn't turn it over, I think they could play with anybody in the country so far from what I've seen. And look, something that I think that helps with LSU with being able to play with anyone in the country is their offensive rebounding. I don't mm -hmm. think I've seen – and look, you saw some of it last year, but it's improved even more with guys like Emmett Williams and Darius Days. You look, Darius Days, we talked to Cody Worsham last year, and he said he's more of an all-around player than Nas Reed, and you see it. He can yep. shoot. He can finish around the rim. He plays defense, and he can rebound and run the court um, with, with some of the best bigs. And look, you've got guys that can go off on any night. Uh, Trenton Watford, to me, has just been very consistent this year. And he's been a guy that's been surprised with at times his ability to get to the, um, you know, get to the rim with ease. You've seen it in some of the games where he's been the finisher, a freshman yep. as the finisher, which has been crazy. You know, they obviously lean on Skylar Mays and Javante Smart as well. But Josh, this offensive rebounding, you know, something I want to get back to is just it's been incredible to see how well this team can attack the rim and they're relentless when that ball is coming off, uh, coming off the rim on the offensive side. Yeah, no, look, you played this game like I have, you know, on a, on a decently high level. There's nothing worse, Charles, and you know this, is that when, when they're just offensive re rebounding you to death and you're working, you're doing everything you can, and they're continuing to get offensive rebounds, now you got to go back to playing defense. You know, it, it just it kills the morale for a team. So LSU, if they can continue to, to rebound like this on offense, I think that's where – that's that – against the more elite teams, that's where I just think they can win some of these – tighter games maybe when they get to the tournament Emmett Williams it reminds me of a Dennis Rodman you know he's just all over man just a hustler you're gonna you're gonna feel him he's gonna bang into you he might pick up a couple of fouls that's okay that's just his game man he's gonna end up scoring 10 to 15 points a game just around the rim you know slamming it in your face so I, I love his game I think he's I think he kind of sums up this team as who they are just a gritty and I want to get in your face I'm gonna grab offensive rebounds I don't care what you think and the fact that take out Watford, Charles, the fact that you take him out there, they're like six, six across the front and they're just they just go to work, you know, and I, I can respect that. So, you know, a, a shout out to Will Wade that 
kind of put that mentality in these guys' head, saying, I don't care how tall you are, we're going to lead this conference in offensive rebounds, and they surely have. So I think that will be a big boost for this team as the competition level goes up, you get to the SEC tournament, you maybe, you know, as you get into the into the NCAA tournament, that you're going to need that. So I think that's, you know, that might be the difference between a, a close win. Well, LSU gets set to take on Alabama Wednesday, then Ole Miss on Saturday. Josh, is Alabama team coming in 12 and 7, mm-hmm. 4 and 2 in conference, uh, 8 and 1 at home. However, they're 2 and 4 on the road. So, um, look, I think all teams struggle a little bit more on the road, but you really see that with this Alabama team and, and Ole Miss coming in. Uh, LSU has already beaten them at Ole Miss. They're 10 and 9 on the season, 1 and 5 in conference, being 1 and 5 on the road. Josh, I see LSU. Uh, not only needing to win these two games, but I, I do think they, they're victorious in both matchups this week. Yeah, I think Alabama is the one that, if you know, if I was going to worry about one, I think Alabama is that game. You know, when you do a deep dive into them, to them they, can, they can shoot the basketball. So, you know, if, if, if those boys want to, you know, it's one of them nights where they, they're just hitting everything, uh, you know, it is what it is, and you got to shake their hand. But I uh, just think you know, hopefully they're not on lights out that night and you continue to do what you do. Um, and crash the boards, grab them boards, and, and play LSU basketball. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's. I think if LSU can win these two games, if they can if they can beat Alabama, they can. Well, they beat Ole Miss. I think you, you're looking really good to maybe repeat um, as a conference champs again. And it's been a long time. I don't know the dates, Charles. Maybe you do, but I mean it's been a long time since LSU's won back to back conference championships that I can remember. Yeah, look, I. I... Yeah, let's, I know. Let's, let's, let's recruiting, <laughs> and I'm going to look it up right now because that's no. I mean, and and that's but, not to put you on the spot. I I can't. It this is it is what it is. We're a football school, and it's rare that we have numerous years in a row that the basketball program's trending right. But that's what Will Wade has done. He wants to build a program, and he's surely doing it. Yeah, if you look at regular season champions, um, last time it happened was '53 and '54, and that's the only time. That it has happened. Uh, oh wow! Conference tournament <laughs> won one once. So so look, LSU. While they do have a storied basketball program under Dale Brown, the right. eight years and Shaquille O'Neal, as well as the Final Four appearances, um, it, it's it, it's something that I think this basketball program is trending upwards, yes. and it's something I would like to see as a continuation of of an upwards trend. And, and it starts in recruiting, and that's something that we'll get into in, in later podcasts in basketball. But let's switch over to football recruiting. Coming right. off the national championship, uh, LSU has a big weekend as uh, you have some big name guys in town this weekend. Uh, not you know talking about guys that are already signed, have already signed their NLI, uh, helping recruit some big name guys. But you also get two commitments as LSU gets a commitment from two four stars. Uh, one being Keontre Bradford, and the other one being wide receiver Alex Adams. Uh, Bradford out of Texas, and mm-hmm. Adams is out of Mississippi. It, just in those two guys, kind of talk about what LSU's getting. Look, I really like Bradford as a prospect. Mm-hmm. I think his speed is elite. Yo, it's elite. I know I tweeted out some things last night and that uh, when, when you look at Bradford, so this is, I don't know what O's mindset was and the program's mindset was, but they were looking at Jameer Gibbs, you know, out of Georgia. He was a, he's a Georgia Tech commit, and I think he ends up signing at Georgia Tech because they started on early. But when you look at Bradford, Charles, and you look at Gibbs, you know, it's kind of like pick your poison, right? I think Gibbs was one of the top two or three running backs in the country that's got that Alvin Kamara to him, right? The elusiveness, I'm slippery. It's, it's hard to tackle. 
Or do you go with Bradford, who's got world-class speed? I mean, it's obvious. Uh, much film as I watched of him last night, he's just the fastest guy on the field every single night. He's got world-class speed. I heard a little bit of research I was doing, Charles, that his coach said he absolutely runs a 4-3, and he, and he absolutely runs it. You know, there's no question it. So um, I think O'Connor was going with that. You know, which what do we look at? Do we want the world-class speed? Um, or do we want Gibbs, who's got that elusiveness to him, that slipperiness that, you know, so I think they went with Gibbs first, kind of fits the offense. You know, didn't, he wasn't really uh, heating up on LSU. So he goes Bradford out there. Obviously, Bradford wants to be a part of the program. They stayed on him for a while. They like, kept him warm in there, and they knew there's an opportunity they might have to go back to him. Um, so I, it, it's it's a great get when you look at it. So I think he's a guy that you put in – Put in space or give him any type of daylight, Charles, watch out. You know what I mean? Um, you know, he's not a Clyde Edwards layer where he, he's not going to, you know, spin. He's not going to juke you. He's not going to run over you. I mean, he's, I mean, he might turn into that, but what you see now, he's just flat out has world class speed. And I know Coach O was looking at that and saying, man, I could do a lot. You know, I could do a lot with that speed right there. Yeah, I think that, it, you know, it's important to get a running back for depth mm-hmm. purposes, you know, with the, Clyde Edwards-Blair leaving, uh, possible possibility of a guy like Chris Curry could transfer um, this offseason if he doesn't see the workload going in his favor. But I think Chris Curry's a really good back. I, I think LSU is, is good at running back, but it's one of those things where injury could decimate you at that position, so you have to get some depth. I, look, I do think Bradford going forward, though, can be a big running back for LSU mm-hmm. in the future, especially a guy with speed like that can fit maybe a Clyde Edwards-Blair role uh, going forward which is something they'll be looking to replace Clyde's production, especially in the passing game. Um, but, Josh, an- another thing we have to talk about, and this is one of our questions we'll get to later, but uh, the worst-kept secret uh, <laughs> was not a secret this weekend. As Jordan Birch was on campus this weekend, yep. uh, a guy LSU was really trying to get, a guy that day one will have immediate impact on this team if he becomes a Tiger uh, on National Signing Day in a few weeks. Yeah. Look, I mean, Birch is one of those guys, right? Depending on what you look at, he's the number one defensive lineman in the country, some say. You know, he's just got the opportunity to watch him in the Under Armour All-American game, Charles. And, you know, I know you've watched it too. He just stood out, right? He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man. He's a beast. I mean, he's a guy that, like you said, he can play first day rolling out there. Uh, I just it, – it's interesting to me, Charles, because, you know, you heard a lot. Is he coming? Is he not coming? He, he came on a unofficial visit, okay? So uh, so when you come on an unofficial like that, they took the time out of their day. They took the time, uh, you know, out of their, their bank account, their money to come down to LSU, talk to the coaches, get that extended time with his mom. Uh, that's, that's, man, that's, you know, that's, that's, the that's biggest, huge. That's the biggest part. His mom was in town. Mom was in town. They spent their, you know... They're hard-earned money to come down here, catching a flight, whatever, you know, whatever you need to do. And I don't care what you say, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't spend money like that. And not saying it's thousands of dollars, but still, you got to spend your time and spend your money. And they wouldn't do that if he was really serious about possibly coming to LSU. He might choose South Carolina, but LSU's got a legitimate shot to pull Jordan Birch. Um, They definitely keep the recruiting close to the vest, and that's fine. You know, they, they haven't said much, and I, I get it, you know, to keep it close. He's not one of them guys that's on social media doing all and that's okay. I just – those few signs right there, Charles, tell me that LSU absolutely has a shot 
to pull him down down a stretch here. I don't know if he's going to make that final decision on you know National Signing Day here at the beginning of February. But man, I, and I feel at this point, if you're going to do that and you're going to come down to see the program and spend the money, I mean, I'm not going to say LSU's got a lead, but you really like him. You really like him enough. That's your only visit you're going to take. You know what I mean? So, man, it it, it would be a great gift for Coach O, and it's it just. You know, maybe he goes to South Carolina, but it would not surprise me one bit if he chooses the Tigers here down the stretch. Yeah, it'd be a huge get. Huge get. Uh, just kind of talking about this whole weekend because it mm-hmm. was a big weekend. Who were some other names that were on campus? And look, LSU has a few more spots, uh, may have one or two guys that are committed that don't end up with this team at the at, by signing day. Um, so if that were to happen, you have one or two more spots. Uh, yeah. So LSU's got some some room to work, and there were some big names that LSU's looking at right now. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I think what's important about this recruiting weekend is that the fact that you had guys that's already committed here, Jacobin Guillory, a, a Cameron Jackson, who's probably because of grade situation, who's probably going to end up taking a gray shirt. Uh, but Charles, I think you you had those guys around, and you were able to bring in Birch and a McKinley Jackson. Uh, to me, that's just important. If you've got a Jackson, McKinley Jackson and Jordan Birch on, on your campus, and he's also mingling with your other defensive linemen that have, you've already committed or signed. uh, That's, that, that's big Charles. And everything that I'm, I'm kind of hearing, I think LSU is right there for, for Jackson here to close it out. Guy like Birch, if you're able to land those two guys down the stretch and this is why you try. This is why you go for the big time, okay? And this is why, which is so important, in LSU wins a national championship or gets to the game, because I don't think Charles, you know, three four years ago, LSU wouldn't have been in this position. But look at the names that were there. You got Roy, Jacobian, McKinley Jackson, Jordan Birch. Charles, look at those names that are there, like on these final weekend of the season. You got a legitimate shot at it. That's why you know this program's trending properly. Those names right there could change your program for another three or four years and have you right back in the national championship. So that's the two names, you know, uh, McKinley Jackson, Jordan Birch, two big names on campus. I think LSU's got a legitimate shot to land both of them. Uh, talk about a, a guy that I think that could end up with the Tigers and, and Tykeus Crawford. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important is it for LSU to look at that offensive line position too? Of course, always important. I, I mean, Crawford and those guys didn't get the get the highlight of, of the weekend, but another offensive tackle that when you look at it, he kind of fits the mold of what Coach O wants. What six five? I think three about three thirty. Long, long guy. Um, of course, you know. I mean, we you can always add to your O line and your D line. The feeling about about him, Charles, is is you know you don't know what Coach O and them are thinking. How many spots they they want to leave open. I got a, I got a sneaky suspicion, Charles, that they want to leave one or two open for possible grad transfer. Because O, O mentioned on the radio that he wants to look at the linebacker position and the running back position as possible. He might go look at, for a grad transfer. So I wouldn't be surprised for everybody listening that if LSU on National Sign Day only maybe signs twenty three and leaves a couple open spots. O's already hinted out there. He's dropped some of that. So if, if a guy like Ty Creech Crawford doesn't sign, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think O's kind of got a plan in his head that he might end up going to get a running back, a season running back, or you know a, a season linebacker because 
I don't think he was necessarily expecting to lose Patrick Queen, Charles. I know he's skyrocketed mm-hmm. up the draft board. I think it's one with he looks back four or five months ago in his mind, he's probably thinking Queen comes uh, back. All of us. All of us. Right. All of us. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, but, I think we I think we even talked about it and you know. Go back and archive. I'm not. I'm not doing it. But y'all, if y'all want to do, it, y'all can go listen. But I, I remember Josh specifically talking about how good our linebacking core was going to be next year. Yep. You know, because I expected Patrick Queen to be back, right? You know, I I expected them to have a lot of depth at, at linebacker. And, and look, you know, they end up lo- losing two linebackers that, you know, I, I personally I didn't think we we're going to leave. Yeah. You end up losing more than likely a first round and, you know, a mid round NFL draft pick for, in your linebacker court, you know, so that's, that's probably the one position. I think that a lot of fans, you know, if you want to look at a position and kind of keep a close eye on who's LSU going to be playing, that's going to be, you know, you got a, a Damone Clark, but also this is, might be a grad transfer spot. LSU's going to go out there and look yeah. out there and possibly get a guy. So, you know, more to come on that, but don't, don't freak out if Crawford doesn't sign with LSU. I think O's got a plan. Um, and also, look, if Jordan Birch doesn't end up signing with LSU, let's say a McKinley Jackson goes to Alabama, uh, you know, that then a guy like Crawford O might say, hey, you know what, let's let's go ahead and let's mm-hmm. let Crawford join the class. So it's still a few pieces moving pieces there. Look, I, I think tackles big. I, I think the mm-hmm. understanding of running that system is, is, is big. So I wouldn't be surprised to see an offensive tackle in the grad transfer market come as well. I mean, look, LSU is going to be putting a D lineman in D Lou. And probably going to be their, you know, second highest drafted offensive lineman uh, this year uh, in Damian Lewis. He's a grad transfer, right? You know, and he's a guy that I thought played really well this year. Um, so don't be surprised if they go down that route. But a lot more coming in recruiting. Make sure y'all follow Josh and, and keep up to date with him as well as myself on Twitter as we'll be mm-hmm. posting recruiting updates. As uh, look, we're right around the, you know, <laughs> National Signing Day is right around the bend. Yep. And, and with that being said, uh, LSU being a national champion and having to play in that national championship, uh, while it's great and all, it does set you back in recruiting as, as O has been busy. And it also sets you back in terms of coaching decisions as LSU lost a slew of coaches as Aranda becomes a head coach. Brady moves to the Carolina Panthers and Aranda takes some guys with him. As you see, Meatball is no longer with the team, as well as Munez, who was a guy who... I thought would be replacing Brady. And I think that that's a position that if it's not replaced in the next week, you'll see that replaced after national signing day. But the big news is, is that LSU brings back Bo Pelini to be their defensive coordinator, a guy who had one of the best defenses three years in a row before he ultimately accepted that Nebraska job. Yeah. I love the Bo Pelini hire. I got asked that probably about 50 times, you know, since the news is broke. Um, I, I was a Bo guy. I just, when he left to go to Nebraska, I, just, I remember the day, you know, it ages me a little bit, I guess, but it, it was like a punch in the gut. I just loved what he brought to the defense. He brought that mentality, man. He just, they wanted to, wanted to go out there and just kill you, man. And that's, and they, they wanted to be in your face all day. And those defenses, I could still feel them to this day, you know, watching them on TV, they were smothering, man. And uh, Bo, Bo is just one of those guys that got his defenses up to play week in and week out. I mean, take a minute and go look at the names. And I, I Charles, I think I'm, I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to go back myself and I'm going to probably go ahead and tweet, tweet that out. Is some of the guys that played under Bo Pelini and, you know, where they get drafted and, you know, their NFL career. So, I mean, he really did put a lot of these guys in 
a good position to succeed. Um, I like the hire. You know, some people look at it, Charles, and say, will he be able to coach in with this new these new offenses and the new schemes? You know, people got to remember, he, he coached them when he went to Nebraska. He coached in the Big 12, all right, with all these spread wide open running gun offenses when they first hit. And he did well. He was still winning nine and ten games, okay? Then he swapped back over to the Big 10 when they moved. And it was more, you know, pound the ground and pound. And he still did pretty solid there. You know, I will say this on the record. I'm not a big Bo Pelini head coach guy. I think at times he loves it so much and it just it gets the best of him. Sometimes he'll say things that necessarily shouldn't be said on TV. Uh, you, you see the passion. Right. But I think as a defensive coordinator, he's ideal. I just love the passion for a defensive coordinator. He's the complete opposite of Dave Aranda, okay? So all this all this time that we've been watching Dave Aranda and not saying much for the media, you know, you get a little bit more content to use on, with, with him there. But uh, I like the hire, Charles. Which, what, what's your thought? I mean, do you like it, hate it? I think it's a safe hire, right? You know, I, I don't think that you went and got the next big name. I really like the D.C. from Wisconsin. If yes, I had to choose, yeah. that would probably had been – uh, my pick. My question is, is look, Bo Pelini's defenses were really good against the run. Uh, but if you're going to be facing teams like what Alabama has been running in the past few years with Tua, mm-hmm. and we'll see what that offense looks like. Does a 4-3 translate well? Does he run a 4-3 or does he stick with a 3-4? Look, LSU's been recruiting for a 3-4 since Aranda got there, but they do have a lot of defensive linemen. And, and really those defensive ends, defensive tackles, when you're not running a three-man front, really like the ability to have an extra guy up there battling against the offensive line. So the D-line really is looking forward to it. I think some of those outside linebackers are as well. But, you know, if anything, my question would be is, how does that translate uh, to stopping these high-powered offensive Mm -hmm. attacks, especially through the air? Do they run a 3-4 in certain situations? Or, you know, do they take a linebacker off the field? Do they run more uh, three safety sets? If you're going to look at a defense – to see how they stop uh, good passing attacks. I say go an hour down the road and look what the Saints are doing, running a lot of three safety sets, running a lot of uh, defenses where you have C- uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson playing. I-, I could see something like that happening at LSU mm-hmm. where the Saints do run four defenses. Yeah, look, I'm not going to be naive to the situation and the fact that I'm older, okay, and I remember Bo – as an elite defensive coordinator, um, I like it. But also, with that being said, like Charles has already has already stated that he needs to kind of show me that he's able to adjust with the time, right? He's able to, mm-hmm. you know, br- you know, bring that bring that quality defense to this era. I mean, I'm glad Charles that he's been he's been in coaching. I know he, you know, at Nebraska, and then he's a head coach at <laughs> Youngstown. I don't really care about the level necessarily. He went back to his hometown. I just like the fact that he wasn't out of coaching for six, seven years and tried to jump back in. He, he'd still been around the game. I don't know exactly what type of offenses they're running, you know, in that in those conferences. And I imagine a lot of it probably is some spread, things like that. But, uh, I mean, I like the fact that he brings, a, you know, a special mind back to LSU and coaching defense. But, yes, look, I'm not naive. I, I remember a lot of good times with him as a D.C., but we'll find out pretty quick, Charles. You know, we will find out pretty quick if if he's able to adjust and what type of scheme um, he's running. I bet, Charles, that he'll probably – the fans will want to fire him the first three weeks, okay? They, they definitely going to – fans are going to want to fire him. But you got to give him time to adjust. 
Yeah, look, you, you're look, you're gonna have a huge test early on as Texas yep. comes in, and you know, you go back and you look at 2019 and review. The Texas game was really what started off the season, and you lose that game. LSU's not playing in a national championship, I don't think. I think the season has a different feel to it, and you're probably sitting at 10-2, and two, maybe even 9-3 and three this year at the end of the season. So that Texas game, once again, next year is going to be huge in terms of kicking off how your season's going to go. And Texas is coming in with an experienced quarterback in Sam Ellinger, and they're going to run a high-powered offense through the air. Yes, they lost some guys in terms of wide receivers to the NFL and eligibility, but they're going to come in with a high-powered offense. And if you're switching up defenses, which I think we all think that's what's going to happen, um, it's going to be one of those games that you get tested early and early on. The good thing is, is I do think you have some experience. You have really good cornerbacks, and, and that's something we'll see play out as the spring goes on. Is And, look, people have been talking about this as Elias Risk, Elias Risk, uh, Ricks, sorry, and Derek Stingler are going to be starting. Josh, I don't think that's how it's going to be. I, I think Cardell Flott it has the one-up leg on him right now. Uh, you really don't see that many freshmen come in and do what Derek Stingley did. Derek Stingley is a, an unusual uh, you know, think, yep. subject at, at the end of the day. Uh, look, I think Ricks is good. I think Ricks plays a lot. I think he has some impact. But I do think that you've got some experienced guys. As LSU signed six DBs last year's, in last year's class. Um, so you're going to have some of those guys step up. And I feel confident that they're going to be doing a good job. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the spring game. Do they go 4-3? Do they still run some 3-4? Because Pelini made it clear that he's going to run what's best fit for the personnel that they have. And that's something that you saw with this offense this past year. And it's something I think you see with this team going forward. It's something Ogeron has learned. And college football is coming around to is that you don't make players fit your system. You make your system fit your players. And if LSU does that, I think that this football team is going to have a lot of success down the road. And look, LSU could be in the playoff again next year, which is, you know, it's they have the talent to do it. They had the coaching to do it. So we'll see what happens. But um, look, an exciting week as LSU has some basketball coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if you see another commitment come down this week. Um, in terms of football, and you'll probably have uh, some more uh, some more recruiting news come out this week. But uh, Josh, where where can people find you out on Twitter and check some of your stuff out? Yeah, uh, you know, still uh, still waiting on the old account. Hopefully, I can get it open back up. But until then, find me at uh, at LSU Truth there on Twitter. Got the website. I haven't really put anything too new up on the website recently. Uh, but hopefully we can get some of that with this, with the basketball pod. I'll toss that up there. Uh, real quick, Charles, before we go off, I wanted to say um, I watched film on Alex Adams, the, the, the wide receiver from Mississippi that committed. Very intriguing, Charles. He reminded me a lot of Justin Jefferson um, and his ability. So it's just another guy to keep an eye on. I don't think he comes in and starts by any means next year, but I think he's a guy that Coach O and the staff seen that he could be a Justin Jefferson in a couple years. Another guy – that performed pretty high, you know, in the state of Mississippi. So just, just another one of them guys. I think it's, it's a nice piece um, as you're trying to build a, a, a long, you know, long lasting program. Yeah. It's going to be uh, something to watch. Uh, and I think that, you know, continuing to put players through this rotating door that college football is when you have mm-hmm. success it is important. That's why it's hard to do, but the greats do it. And I feel confident in, in Ogeron being able to do it, but it's something we'll, be able to see and something we'll watch for, but lots of things going on uh, in terms of LSU athletics. The signing day is coming up. You got two big basketball games, both at home this weekend, so get out and enjoy them. Baseball has Fan Fest this weekend uh, on Saturday, I believe. So weather should 
be okay, I think. If not, I mean, still go. Uh, I think the <laughs> baseball team, as Coach Maneri talked this past week for over an hour, um, has a really good pitching staff. They're going to have some hiccups with this lineup and, and figuring out offense. But you've got some big hitters coming back. It is you know, Daniel Cabrera, uh, who was a all, preseason All-American, and you have a really good catcher in Saul Garza. So I, I think that LSU will be okay. I think they'll be led by this pitching staff, but a lot of exciting things coming down the road. Uh, but, hey, this is something we'll be doing weekly during basketball season. We'll be doing a basketball pod. We have plans for baseball. We just haven't finalized them yet, um, but that will be coming as well. But make sure you check us out on a week-to-week basis as we will be recapping the two games and uh, previewing the two matchups this weekend. We'll do another recruiting pod to finish up this recruiting class, and we'll start looking at that 2021 class as well. But if you don't follow us on Twitter already, make sure you give us a follow, and y'all can check us out on Twitter at primetime underscore pod. Follow Josh on Twitter at LSU Truth. But for Josh Moyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy some basketball and hopefully some good weather. Uh, but as always, God bless.